Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. It's almost like it's just like a tipping point. So I'm not judging that one way or another. This person, I think, graduating the top 6% of their class don't necessarily like the work because it doesn't generate as many fees. This is a resume workshop. So if you'd like, I'm happy to review your resume. So what I'll do as I review these resumes today is I will give suggestions. And then also, as I'm doing that, I will talk to you guys about some rules of resumes and, and take and start doing that as well. There's a popular article that I've written that people should also try to take a look at. I will also give you access to some books and other things I've written about resumes. But this is just an overview of things that are a good idea to remove from your resume. And if you, then I think the things about race and religions and political affiliations and so forth, are definitely things that you don't want to put on there. But let's get started. So this first resume, this type of, when people do these sorts of descriptions, a lot of times on their resumes, and this is very common, I think this is probably a one column resume and just didn't format correctly when it was sent over. But these sorts of descriptions, when you write these at the top of the resume, I typically do not recommend doing these. So this person's writing their background and other information. The problem with doing this is the people that are going to hire you already understand this sort of information. So they, you don't need to tell them that you're highly successful. You don't need to tell them that you've done this sort of work. You don't need to tell them the number of countries and all the sorts of things. This is people want to make their own conclusions about your resume. And so when you put this sort of stuff on your resume, it's never a good idea to have this kind of background section. The person that does this typically, the reason they do it is this is something that's done in a lot of other industries by resume writers. It's also done with more senior people. And, and it's not always a good idea to have this on your resume. And when I see this, it's almost like it's just like a tipping point where if you need to tell people what you've done, then it doesn't make a lot of sense to them. And, and resumes with this kind of stuff on them are very difficult for people to get hired with. Now, there's a couple other issues, interesting things with this resume. This person is an attorney and writer, self-employed. They're talking about their longtime dream is to write a novel. And they accepted a package, which means essentially they were, it's, if you're a young attorney, essentially what that means is that, and this is a made up company that we put in there, but this person was probably asked to retire or decided to retire because so right there, then and there, that's just person's basically saying that asked to retire probably because they weren't providing a lot of value. I don't know, but now they're writing a novel. Things like what something to avoid on your resume is you want to avoid stuff that doesn't have anything to do with practicing law. And, and I'll tell you why that is in a second. But the big thing is like, I'm a, this is coming from, from, these are Harrison's rules, but this is coming from Harrison. My whole career has been dedicated over 25 years now to getting attorneys jobs. And I only get paid by law firms if you get a job. And, and so I have to be laser focused. When I look at a resume, I have 200 employees to support and I do nothing but spend, do nothing but this for a living. And I look at resumes all day. So I know what works and I know what doesn't. But anytime you have anything to do with stuff about not practicing law that talks about not practicing law, that's going to be, that's very risky. You can't say you want to write a novel. This makes it sound like you want to do something else. Attorneys are sitting in offices and billing lots of hours all day in law firms. And this does not help you. Now, 
I think this person looks very interesting. And one of my best friends is someone that left the practice a lot to do this. So I, I think it looks great, but it's not something you want to do. You also want to avoid summaries. The problem with summaries is the summaries of your experience at the top of the resume, if you have a summary of your experience, the problem with that, this makes it look like you don't want to practice law, look like you do not want to practice law. And your summaries make it look like you have so much time on your hands. You have not only too much time, it makes it look like you need to talk down to the reader, the reader as if they don't understand what you're doing. The other problem with summaries is it also is almost always done by resume companies that justify their fees by making you feel good about yourself and not necessarily making you look strong on paper, not making you employable. And they, this, the, these summaries tend to be written by outplacement companies that don't know how to place attorneys. Okay, so that's the first thing. You need to avoid summaries of your experience. Now, so this particular stuff, all this on a resume should not be there. It just, it shouldn't be there because it's not going to get you a job. This probably shouldn't be there. You shouldn't talk about a long-time dream that's other than practicing law. And again, I think this is perfectly acceptable to have a long-time dream other than practicing law, but this doesn't make you employable. And I've now decided to resume my in-house legal practice, which essentially, and I'm not trying to be harsh to this person because nothing wrong with any of this, but if this person's saying, I decided to pursue my dream of penning a novel, that's great, but why aren't you doing that? And why did you leave? And it's just raising all sorts of questions. Law firms do not like law professors for the most part. And I'm going to, again, these dates are made up. This is not an actual stuff, but this can certainly go on there. I actually got a job as a law professor when I was a, I think a first or second year. And the law firm that I got it with, it was like, what are you doing? What, who's, no one's ever done this. What are you thinking? And because it makes it look like you don't, you're not interested in practicing law. Now, I think there's some benefits to it. It can give you credibility and it can make you an expert for clients and so forth. But for the most part, people that become adjuncts and things, even at top law schools, don't always do it for a long time. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but you need to be very careful about putting stuff on your resume that makes it look like you have other priorities. And again, I'm telling you this from the standpoint of someone whose job is to get people jobs in law firms. And no one in their right mind is going to, that has a lot of applicants, is going to hire someone that looks like they want to do something else. And then this person was doing a lot of, was head of employment litigation law and then was doing these in-house jobs, which is great. And then also had, looks like they had some really good law firm jobs, they had a law firm job, and then they went back in house. And, and then they have all these different things in these bullet points on here as well. So this resume, there's some things that are being done right. Like I like the, the education area, the way this was done at the end. I think that's good. This person's obviously very smart. They're obviously one of the things that's very strong about this resume as well is it shows a commitment to one geographic area. If you've worked only in one geographic area, that's very positive as well. And uh, people like that. These volunteer affiliations are nice, but again, some of this stuff could detract from the, looking like you're interested in working in a law firm. This is also right here. This person talked about their previous experience working for these different places. This is actually for older attorneys, especially, or for people that have had too many jobs in a short period of time, sometimes the smartest thing to do to make your resume shorter and not to have as much space would be to call this your most recent experience 
and then this be previous experience and then just talk about some of the stuff. The problem with having a long resume where you talk about all these, uh, all these different positions is that there is a prejudice against people in law firms that are senior, unless you're bringing business. And, and that's not always the case. And again, I'm looking at this from the perspective of someone that's trying to get a position in a law firm. But if you are, if your resume looks as if you're doing, you're very senior many times, that can hurt you. If you have several jobs, if you've had a lot of jobs, and I would say more than, if you've had more than four or five jobs, and most people have, it's often best to summarize them under one caption. If you do the opposite, if you do not do this, then what happens? It can look like as if you are, if you, as if you are very senior or are not interested in, or have had too many jobs. One of the things too, that I would say that's very important about th- these resumes and this one in particular is once you remove all this stuff and you clean all this up, most people and attorneys reviewing this know what a lawyer does. So it's, you can talk, you don't need all this descriptions and things about what you did. And some of these words like optimize for the country work for, this is very interesting, but most people that are reading this resume are going to be like, oh, this is a person who's a director of employment law at this huge corporation for 14 years. And that's very good. So people like that, but you don't have to have all this detail. So those are some of my comments about this resume. This is an in-house resume, so it's not as common. And you can see here, this person was a federal law clerk and did all this stuff and has very good experience. Gardner Cardin Douglas is a very, was a well-regarded firm in Chicago. There's a lot of very good things about this. You can see here, I haven't done Grammarly or anything on this and I will, we'll take a break at some point and I'll install that and go through these resumes. But this particular, you need to be very careful about this and all these bullet points and things tend to detract. It's just, it's unfortunate, but as resumes longer, people are not as impressed with them and it detracts attention. Some of these things too, like the fact that this very senior attorney worked at, uh, was in school in Germany for a semester and then spent it, went to Honduras. People aren't going to be that interested in that. Those are some of my observations about that resume. All right. Here's the next one. Let's see a rare combination of business and the law, including over seven years. Cause again, these are these resumes, this one here too. And I'm just, we we're doing all the ones that people sent us. So it's not, uh, there's no, but this is another one. Again, that is done by a, a, it looks like it was done by a resume company or an in-house, I don't know, but some people, the same thing. So these things are not helpful. You don't need to tell any employer that you have a big firm plus in-house legal experience. They already know this when all they have to do is review your resume. You don't need to tell them that you have an MBA in finance. They already know that if you review your resume, you don't tell them where you're licensed. That should just go at the bottom. And then, so you just need to be very careful. And then if you start saying you have a rare combination of business and the law, you have to let the people reviewing your resume reach those conclusions. So one of the issues with this resume, and then also with the one we looked at first is I get the sense, and I'm probably right, that this person would come in and tell the employer what to do and always be right. They're a professor, they've got all this experience, they've done all these things, they've worked at all these big employers. And the problem with working for other people 
as anytime you're working for other people, regardless if you're a general counsel or whatever, or you're, if you want to work for other people, you need to look manageable and not like you're the manager or to be a know-it-all manager. Now, again, I'm not saying that it's wrong to be a know-it-all manager. There's plenty of jobs you can do and not being, being a know-it-all manager. But for the most part, most law firms, especially if you don't have business, most law firms hiring people without business want followers. If you go into a law firm and you look at the people that don't have any business that are working for there, and I'm just being completely honest here, the people that are senior that are working in a law firm with no business, they are followers and they will do what you want, when you want, how you want. And they won't get mad when you give them instructions. They will follow your orders and that's just how it works. And especially for senior attorneys. And this is for spe- especially for senior attorneys if you want to work, if you have no business. So the problem with this resume, and it's not a huge problem, but if you want to get a job with a law firm, it's going to be a problem, is all this sort of stuff is interesting, but it's not going to help get a position in a lot of cases. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So then you go to this person, this one right here, and this is this person saying that now they're the They've started a company building housing for and shipping containers, which actually sounds very interesting. And, and they've put together a big team, which is amazing. But the problem with this particular position is law firms do not hire entrepreneurs. Now, they hire entrepreneurs that have business that practice law, but law firms do not want to hire entrepreneurs. And, and again, I'm telling you this because I've witnessed this firsthand. If they see someone that looks too independent, then they're going to know if this person went and started a business, they're going to know that the person's going to want to start a business again. And not only that, why would a law firm in their right mind, why would, why would any law firm want to hire someone that's currently working with the, we, again, we made up this information, but Goldman Sachs and, and these sorts of people, it just doesn't make sense. You'd have to be, it doesn't make any sense for any law firm to want to hire someone like this because it doesn't look like they want to practice law. It looks like they, they want to start a business and that's just a bad investment. You bring someone in and you introduce them to their clients and then all of a sudden they want to start a business. And the other thing is that people that once you start a business, you move from a role of taking orders to, to giving orders. And that's a big shift. And, and there's nothing wrong with a lawyer telling a junior associate to do some work or something that's giving orders, but it's just a completely different type of thing. No law firm is going to want to talk to someone that's had their own business for the past year. And then here you go into corporate counsel, which is an interesting job where the person has done, worked as general, mini general counsel and all this sort of stuff. So this actual experience is actually fairly interesting. And this sort of stuff that this person's done makes them very specialized in terms of this type of business and in terms of, and there may be a position for them and it may be at a smaller firm outside of a major market, or there may be something for them, but 
but budgets, inventory, this has nothing to do with working in a law firm. So no one is going to be interested in this. Lots of people work as contract attorneys, but the problem with that is if you worked as a contract attorney for that long, for two years, it makes it look more, I don't even know what Walker Contract Group is, but I know it's not part of Fenwick and West. But if, if you work as a contract attorney, it, it makes it look like you may not want a permanent commitment. And even if you could get a position doing something permanent, you're better off using being very careful with the titles, because if you're trying to work in a law firm and you say your last position was a contract attorney, then this person would have to ask the law firm to bring them in a senior counsel or something. And that's probably not going to work. And if a contract attorney probably is not representing Gentech and all these people, so you have to be very careful with that. Some of the rules that I would recommend is if you have worked as a part-time or as a contract attorney, you need to be very careful about what you call it. You can call yourself an attorney. You don't, ha you don't have to put down a title many times. You do not have to put a title. You can let them ask, or you can just say attorney or something along those lines. And, but saying, just using the word contract, people, the terms jump out at people. So you just need to be very careful about using those terms because it doesn't, it doesn't connote the right message to the law firms. Now, again, people work as a contract attorney for all sorts of reasons. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's great. But why would you put that? And then this is another entrepreneurial venture here with six years. And you can see here, this is what happens. So if somebody goes to work doing something entrepreneurial and then they go back, they always go back and do something entrepreneurial again. So that's the risk of hiring them. It's a huge risk and it's a risk for, now I'm not saying this is entrepreneurial, this is in-house transactional thing, but back in this period of time, taking these positions was a kind of an entrepreneurial thing. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, but this is not even related to practicing law. Now, this is a good one here. This is a long-term commitment to a major uh, law firm. I'd like to know what city it was in, but there's nothing there. And I'd also like to know the person's title. So you can see here, they called themselves a contract attorney here. They probably, I'm almost positive, they were an associate here, but they don't even say that. So they should say they were an associate of White and Case here and then do that. And then they were a law clerk for a major, for an, in, a, in Fresno, which is a very prestigious place. So this is all very good. And this is all, it's, it, this is your excellent experiences. This is good. So this particular, these two things right here, are where the person was on a law firm path and they did it for a long time and then they got off and went in-house. Now, I want to make for young attorneys that are on this call, and I'm sure there's a lot of them, what this is resume is very common, by the way, for people that go in-house. So this person, I just want to be very clear. In 2004, this particular candidate could have left White and Case and gone to plenty of major American law firms or smaller law firms and been a partner. And instead, they were seduced by going into a funding company, which actually was a back then was a pretty interesting career decision. I'm not going to get into it, but people were doing very well financially and all sorts of things. And, and they showed a lot of permanence when they went there as well. Typically, this is another thing than resumes. And I just want to show you how this works. If somebody works at a firm, this firm, they stayed at White and Case for eight years, which is amazing. Even back then, it was amazing. And this is a very good attorney. So someone that was able to stay there for eight years, obviously extremely competent and a good attorney. They got a clerkship, which is also a good thing. And the chief judge of the U.S. District Court, which is great, in California, which is very competitive. So this person was on a law firm path. And many of you young attorneys are on this path right now. You may be in a big firm, as a whether you're... But then what happens is then people go in-house and then they go in-house and they stayed at this place a long time, probably because they're very good. 
then whatever happens, almost always people lose their jobs. They lost their job probably in 2011 because the because of the financial crisis, and so they this company was having problems with its funding and getting paid back and all that sort of thing. Then they had to work as a contract attorney. Then they took this job where they stayed a long time. They got a very good job doing this, and then and now they're doing this. So typically, what happens is people go in house, and then all of a sudden. There's just a lot of movement in the next few years. So once you get off the law firm path, that's typically what happens. It's not always what happens, but it's what happens. It's what happened to this person as well. So they started off, or did they start off? Choose where's all this person would have started off here and law firms. They were judicial law clerk. You can see that, and then they went to Safar Shaw, and then they and then they went to Gardner Cardinal Douglas after being counsel there. So they they probably started at this firm, did well, and then when and then all of a sudden here they are in house doing all these different in-house jobs. And the in-house jobs always last a short period of time. They don't, this is just how it works at most firms. Like people just bounce around and this is a very common in-house resume. And and that's the problem many times with going in-house. If you go to a law firm and you get a book of business, then you tend to have many times more, a lot more employment stability. So it's just interesting for me when I, whenever I review these resumes, because you can see a lot of that. Now, all these Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. All this writing and attention here is interesting, but this level of detail, most law firms that are reviewing this would need as well, all these bullets and things. If you, this person to say they were developed online privacy policies and helped with these different things, that would be fine. But, but that's, you don't really need a lot more than that. And I just, I want to make this point real quickly that. Once resumes and this, all these resumes have this issue, and this is a very important thing, and this is for law firms. So I'm, again, I'm giving you this information for law firms, but also a lot of companies. Law firms, when a law firm reviews a resume, law firms hire specialists and not generalists. Now there are some law firms in small markets and and so forth that, but they're usually the places you may want to work. So that means means litigation of a certain type. Or it means they want a certain type of transactional work and more. Transactional work meaning real estate leasing, something along those lines. The reason they want that is because law firms want law firms want specialists because that's what their clients are paying for. They're not paying for someone that has experience reviewing customer communications, doing privacy policies, then doing real estate transactions and tax. They're just, that's not what they're paying for. And then licensing, that was just license, technology transfer, NDAs, master service. There's just too much going on here. You have to understand that anytime anybody that's doing this, and this, these are very common mistakes. Most attorneys believe that if they, if they put the, that they've done all these different things on their resume, 
law firms are going to be impressed, but they're not. What happens is clients go to a law firm and they say, they say, I need a license agreement. And they say, great, we have a license attorney. They say, I need a patent. And they say, great, we have a patent attorney. They say, I have, my company's been sued for breaching an agreement. And they say, great, we have commercial litigators. These are the law firms hire specialists. They don't, they say, I've been injured in an accident. Then they say, I'm sorry, we don't do that, but we know a great personal injury lawyer at another firm. Like they hire specialists. So if you start muddling up your resume and it starts looking like you're a generalist, not a specialist, that's going to hurt you. So I look at resumes all day, every day. And most of the time I'm like, great, this person does this, they do that. And this is, but as the person gets more senior, a lot of times they start doing a lot of different things. And once you start doing different things, it's just important to understand you're muddying up your resume and you're making yourself less employable. Now that's not necessarily true for all types of in-house jobs. So some types of in-house jobs want people that can work on a bunch of different things and understand a bunch of different things. But you can't have too much going on. If you have too much going on, uh, it, it just doesn't help you. And so you need to be very careful about that. Now, this person's also making a mistake here. And the mistake is, and this is interesting too, by the way. So look at this. The person was at this particular employer for, this is very common. The person was at this particular employer for eight years or nine years, it looks like. Then they were at this employer, you can see for eight years. And then, then they were at this employer for six years. So most people, and this is a very, this is actually, these are very good numbers. Most people, and especially a lot of younger people, and it's been this way for forever, but people will move around a lot. And so if I saw this person had been at this firm for or this particular job for nine years before they went to White and Case, I would say this is a good risk because they're probably not going to move around. And then if I saw they were at this firm for that then I saw that they there. If I was law finance group, I would think they were a good risk as well. There are there's these are questions, and I'll just kind of go here and I want to make sure that everyone's aware of them. The questions law firms ask when reviewing your resume. And everyone's familiar with them, but it's can you do the job? And not everyone's familiar with them, but I talk about these on most of our webinars. Can you be managed? Will you commit and do the job long term? Do you want the job? Do we like you? So can you be managed and will you commit and do the job long term? That's a big question that people are asking. And and so you can see here, like when you see numbers like this, like if somebody's interviewing this person for a lateral position, they're a good risk. If this person had five or six jobs before that, they're a bad risk. Because what happens is people are habitual. If they go to one position and they stay there for a couple of years, their probably next position is going to be like that. So again, I'm a recruiter and I do make my living a part of it, at least by people leaving firms and jobs. But I do recommend, I personally, when I'm trying to hire people, I hire people that I believe are going to stick around and commit. And that's very important. And also people that are able to be managed. This person, anybody, and the problem is when people start putting their ego and say they're highly successful and all this stuff and they've worked at these huge firms and done all this big stuff that makes it look like they're not manageable and there's nothing wrong with not being manageable if you have a huge book of business and you're bringing in all this stuff but and if you say you have a rare combination of business and the law and all this and that's true this person does have that but you want people to reach a conclusion and and if you're telling people that conclusion on your own that's not a good thing. So you just need to be very careful. All this stuff, the problem with this business experience right here is that I wouldn't put this on there. 
Law firms hire, and again, this is just how it works. It works like this in every industry. Law firms, there's a preference towards hiring younger people. So the older you are, the more prejudiced you are. The reason that law firms are prejudiced against that is because they have clients and they want people that are going to work hard and be trainable and and all that sort of stuff. And the older you are and the more experience you have, the more that's going many times to hurt you. So right now, if this person just goes with this resume, it looks like they're in their early 50s instead of what they really are, which is in their early 60s, which is which is retirement age in a lot of places. Some law firms and a lot of big ones have mandatory retirement ages, and that age could be 60 or 65. And then a lot of this stuff right here should start coming off. You know, this, oh, this person's even older than I thought. But anyway, so the this stuff right here comes off. You don't need to put all these years and, and things. You just need to be very careful. So all you're doing, no one cares. When you get more senior, All a lot of this experience really isn't that important. Sometimes you want to be careful. This is just a little word of advice for people. Different law reviews have different entrance requirements. Some law reviews, if you write an article that gets published by the law review, you get admitted to the law review. Other law reviews, and most of them are grades-based, and it depends on the school and all sorts of things. But what I would say, and no one cares if you're a law clerk one summer, and the license to practice law doesn't belong there. But if you're on law review and you publish, then people are going to assume that maybe your grades weren't that. You just, these are little things that people look at and they understand when they review as many resumes as I do. But you just need to be cognizant of all that. But I would be very careful, especially for senior attorneys. Just realize that in all industries, the law included, there's a preference for younger, more trainable. So experience is not always a benefit and unless you have business. Now, I want to be very clear. I have placed people in major U.S. law firms like AMLAW 100 law firms that are in their late 70s and early 80s. Even I couldn't believe it, but they had big books of business, 3 million, 5 million, 7 million. And so there's a prejudice against law firms. There's a prejudice if you don't have business. If you have business, people don't care. Most law firms, not all. Do not care. So I want to be very clear about that. And it's really the same thing. It's just that, but this person's resume is asking that they probably don't have business with the problem. That's that. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 